thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 217 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Sometimes running sucks, let's just face it. I mean, we all have those times, so if you are feeling off, something's maybe not feeling right, you're not motivated, or you're just not feeling it, it's time to kind of take a step back and evaluate what's going on here, and then we can move on. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right. Welcome to the podcast, runners. Before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We are going to be running our five-day running challenge again at the end of this month. So we just want you to keep your eye out. If you don't follow us yet on Instagram, follow us over at Real Life Runners, or you could sign up for our emails over at the website, realliferunners.com, so that you are the first one to know when we open registration for our free five-day running challenge. Keep your eyes out. That is coming at the end of the month. Everybody loves the five-day challenges. These are great. The five-day challenges are fun. We've mixed them up. We've done some variety of them. They're good time to get yourself going, which really ties in nicely with today's episode of trying to make sure that you get yourself going. Get yourself going, right? Like there are those times in running, right? As runners, we understand that there are those times where you're just kind of feeling off, right? Things maybe just aren't feeling like they normally do. Maybe you're unmotivated. Maybe you're kind of feeling a little burnt out. Maybe you're just like not into it anymore. Right. And I mean, sometimes running's just tough. Like that's, that's one Yeah, sometimes it's just it. hard. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes you're just like, man, I, I don't feel great today. Sure. And on those days you push through it and sometimes you finish the run and you feel way better than you did before the start of the run. Turns yeah. out your good mood was just hiding on the other side of the run. Right. Because that's just normal, right? Yes. Like, I mean, that we all have those days. It, the issue is when it's day after day after day of feeling that way. Yes. It's not those days. It's those day upon day of... Every run's a struggle, and it's not just physical. Like, it's physical, it's mental. You don't want to start. Once you start, you immediately want to quit, and it's you're just forcing yourself out there mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. You've lost all sense of fun, all, like, joy and happiness of running. It's, mm-hmm. all, it's all gone, and it's not a great place to be. It's not. You know, I mean, we all have motivation issues at times, right? Motivation is the feeling. And like any feeling, sometimes it comes and sometimes it goes. There's ups and there's downs. There's waning motivation and there's high levels of motivation. But if you seem like you've lost kind of a connection to that bigger picture or to your overall love of running in general, that's when we have to kind of take a step back and figure out what's going on here. Right. Because we talk about how you don't really need the motivation. Like you need that bigger picture, that bigger connection that always is lit inside of you. Like sure, sometimes you're fired up and ready to go and sometimes you're not, but you can always connect. When you lose that connection, now you're just kind of floating. Mm -hmm. And that's a good time to actually maybe pull back and say, you know what? I need a I need an actual break from this. Yeah. I need to step back and physically, mentally hit the reset button. Yeah, and we want to just let you know it's totally okay to feel that way. It, all runners feel this way at some point in their running journey. You know, who knows how often, how regularly it might happen, but like I think that all of us have experienced this at one time or another, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I know. I remember the first time that it hit me, it was a very odd feeling. It was like, what? how come I don't want to run at all? Yeah. Because I'd been running for years and like running was kind of how I identified myself. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, I'm not going to run on Monday. 
or Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'm like, I'm totally going to want to run by the end of the week. And I didn't at all. And yeah. I took a, took some time off. Mm -hmm. And then you want it back again. Right. And this is totally okay. So the first thing we want you to understand is that this is normal. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're not a runner anymore. It doesn't mean that you'll never run again. Like sometimes we all have these periods of time, right? But like Kevin said, the when you are feeling like this, when it's multiple days strung in a row or even a week or multiple weeks even, even where you're just not feeling it anymore, it's a good time to just take a break to reset. Time off can kind of give you that perspective, right? Like Kevin said, you might not want to do it after a couple of days. You might need a full week off. You might even need two weeks off and that's okay. It's good to listen to yourself, but it's also important to kind of understand that the rule of inertia is going to make you want to continue to stay off yes. if you, when you start taking time off. Right. If you've got like several days where you're you're running, you're always exercising, whatever it is. Maybe you have a rhythm, like once a week you take an off day just as a rest day, yeah. but you've got an exercise rhythm, you're into it. Well, that's one of the things that we always talk about, right? Creating habits and routine. Right. So when you create a habit and you've established day upon day that you're not exercising now suddenly that's become your routine and inertia again it's tough to get out of it will continue to build this desire to just continue to rest so sometimes you need to kickstart yourself out of that rest mode right and sometimes that rest period lasts a little bit longer depending on who you are and why you took a break in the first place so what we want you to understand is that these periods are normal, but it is important for you as a runner to get out of them, to choose consciously to get out of them and get yourself back into running at some point in time. You know, it's going to be up to you how long you actually want to take off. But I think it's important to make that decision consciously instead of just kind of letting the days pass and letting the weeks pass. And then all of a sudden you're like six months down the road and you haven't run in, in six months. That's not where you want to be. That's where people are like, oh no, I totally fell off the wagon again. And this is where a lot of people fall on and off the wagon and, you know, they rely on the motivation to get them there. And that's not exactly what we're talking about here. You know, we're not talking about just like some, some dying motivation or a lack of motivation here. We're talking about <clears throat> time that you need to actually reset. So choose how long you want to take off, right? Maybe you take off a week and then you decide at the end of this week, I'm going to reassess what's going on here. If I feel like I really physically and mentally need another week, I'll take two. But then put a cap on it. Right, because at some point you have to say, I'm done with this and I'm going to start back my exercise routine. And it depends on what puts you there. Like sometimes this just shows up and you're like, I'm not sure why. And it's it's usually a lot of other life stress that's coming up there that yeah. running has just become too much. Like you've lost some of the joy out of that because there's so much other stress and you can't see the, the happiness of running. And a lot of times it's, I mean, at least right now, the current world situation that we're in, people are like training for races and then they get canceled. And then they're like training for races and then they get canceled. It's like this up and down roller coaster of emotions and of, you know, fit both physically and mentally because training is both physical and mental. Right. So there's a wide variety of reasons that you'd be off for a little bit of time. We talked about trying to like just take that mental reset, but there's also coming back off of like illness or injury, or if you have a training plan that peaks in some like really big race, maybe you just want to take a little bit of time after that 
to focus on an area besides, you know, sticking really stringently to a training plan. If yeah. you've been like really focused, building up to like a big race. Yeah, it's really good to have time off in a lot of cases. Yeah, super important to, to you know, if you have a really long distance race, you need the physical recovery, but you also just need that mental break about like, I don't have to go out and run. I don't have to go out and run. I mean, you never have to, but if you're really strict on your training plan, taking that week or two afterwards and saying, I'm going to go out and run when I feel like going out and running rather than I need to because my training plan says Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And the other thing I think I would like to point out here is that you don't have to run either. You know, if you're feeling this way about running, you can just pick a different way to move your body. Maybe you just want to walk for a little while or swim or cycle or do some cross train other forms of cross training that's totally okay too you know movement and exercise are important for your physical and mental health but for whatever reason maybe you're just burnt out on running right now take a break from running and just focus on a couple other things you know I did that for a little bit um, and just focus on more strength training I was still running so it's not like I quit completely but I just kind of shifted my focus more to my strength days and made running more supplementary versus the the main focus and that was a nice reset for me too right so just kind of shifting your focus around can help a lot. And it helps give perspective to everything about how you can still be a very fit person. Like maybe that's your big picture is yeah. your big picture is I'm a healthy person who focuses on the fitness of my, my body and being a healthy individual. You can be that without having to knock out as many miles as you did last month, mm -hmm. this month, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So when you decide that it's time to come back, you know, whether it's after illness or injury or a big race or from just time off because life has kind of gotten in the way over the last couple weeks or days or months, it's time to get back to the basics, okay? So this is what we want to help you guys do is understanding how to get back into running after time off. So number one, get back to the basics and build your foundation, Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way, or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th and we're bringing in an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, Miss Megan Blacksmith. And she's going to be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be an, a member of the Academy to join us this month. You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts that's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today. Now back to the show. Yeah. 
Yes, 100%. And this is, we've applied this with people on our team, even if they didn't actually take time off oh yeah to just flip their training plan and just be like all right here we're just gonna skeleton this down and not have 800 different things that you need to focus on let's just key in on a few big things do those things really well Mm -hmm. and not add any extra things that you're viewing as stress because that's i think what what a lot of people get into is they try and hit all of the aspects of Mm. of training and sure, there's a lot of different aspects to, you know, optimize your running and your fitness and stuff. And sometimes it just gets too much. So knowing what those key basics are mm-hmm. is is really important because then you, you can knock those out and, and still be in a really good health position without adding all of this extra stuff that, you know, is good for you, but is not necessarily moving the needle quite as much. Right. I think, you know, running is a very simple activity when you break it down and just at its essence, at its core, right? Running is a very simple activity. But as runners, we can tend to make things pretty complicated. And quite honestly, you know, as running coaches that teach people how to run better, run longer, run faster, and avoid injury... There are, like Kevin just said, a lot of things to kind of keep in mind sometimes. There's a lot of things that we teach our runners, and a lot of runners can get overwhelmed by all of that information, right? But there's a couple of things that it's important to keep in mind here. Number one, we teach our runners all the things. And, you know, if you like to read running articles or follow runners on Instagram or do, you know, um, your own running research, there's a ton of information out there, right? There's always different ways that you can improve your running. And we teach those to all of our athletes. But a lot of that information is supplementary and is there for performance optimization. It's not necessary for the core of running, but there are a few things that are 100% necessary for the core of running. And these are the basics. These are the foundation that we want to talk about today because you can be running for years and years and years and you know maybe you haven't even taken time off, but you could still have a weak running foundation. And so this is something that we want all of you to listen to so that even if you're not coming back after injury or illness or time off, we want you to just start thinking about these basic components of your running foundation to see if you have them in place. Because if not, it's time to maybe take a step back from whatever you're doing and kind of make your foundation a little bit stronger so that you can build back more. You know, like if you're trying to train for a race or trying to get faster, it's really important to have a very strong running foundation to support you. Excellent. All right. So the first key I think that that we should start with is easy running. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of easy running. I mean, lots and lots is relative. Compared to other activities. Okay. Like compared to other runs is what I mean. Okay. Like if you look at your overall running over the course of the week, the month, whatever your time period is you're looking at, most of it, the vast majority of it should be easy running. Right. And this is where a lot of people get this wrong, right? A lot of runners, when they just go out and start running, run at that moderate pace. And because that's just kind of what we fall into naturally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of runners that want to get better, they want to get faster, they start pushing harder. They think that's the way for me to get faster. I just need to push harder every time I go out on my run. And that's really a road to plateau injury and burnout. Okay. So keep 
most of your running, 80 to 90% of all the miles and the minutes that you run should be an easy level running. Yes. Um, I was just trying to explain this to one of our, our new runners on the team today. I said, imagine that you can get better by putting water into a cup. And I give you two cups. You are like the master of metaphors. I'm like, okay, you have two cups. One of the cups you can fill when you run easy, and one of the cups you can fill when you run hard. And you have a hose. So every time you run, you can just keep pouring water into a cup. But you only pour it into the I run hard cup. Whereas someone else is pouring it into the I run hard cup and the I run easy cup. Who ends up with more water? So you got, you both have a hose. It just keeps flowing water in there, but you've decided I'm only going to fill up one of these two cups. The other person's going to get in better shape. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you fill up all the aspects of running. And it turns out that the, uh, the I run slow and train that way cup, uh, holds a lot more water. That's so funny. I wasn't, that's not exactly the metaphor I was expecting. <laughs> I was, I was thinking that if you had two cups, that the water coming out of the ho one hose would be like just a nice, steady, easy stream of water. Yep. And the other hose was coming out at like full force. It's going to be much easier to fill up that cup with the easy stream versus the hard stream, right? Because when you try to fill up a cup with that hard stream of water, so much of it just leaves the cup. Splashes all right. over the place. Right, it just splashes all over Assuming the place. Assuming you don't break the cup. Assuming you don't break the cup, right? Like that's a really good metaphor too. Yes, yes. Excellent metaphor there. Piggy back and onto yours. There you go. <laughs> um, so predominantly easy running and then be patient with this as you build your aerobic base. Building an aerobic base does not get massive changes from like Monday to Tuesday. And that's the hardest part. And I this know. is why most runners don't want to do it. Right. Because you have to be patient about seeing the results and you have to in terms of like increasing your volume, how many minutes or how many miles, kilometers that you're out there running, you have to be gradual with it. Like slowly increase yeah. as your body is comfortable with increasing. And listen to your body and be like, oh yeah, no, no, this is, this is about where I'm going to cap off on my run today. And sure, it might not be as much as I was aiming for, but my legs are saying, if it's going to be easy... I need to be done now. Yeah. Or maybe your legs are like, you know what? We need to throw in some walking breaks today yeah. because my easy pace that I normally run or my easy effort level doesn't feel that easy today because I had a strength workout yesterday and my legs are kind of dead. So I need to throw some walking in here too. Or because I'm coming off of a two week break. Mm -hmm. And so your easy pace is not exactly what your easy pace used to be. Yep. It's easy. It's not a pace, it's an effort. Mm -hmm. It's your easy effort. And so maybe your easy effort actually needs that walking break. Yeah, and I experienced this recently myself, right? I um, had COVID last month and have been coming back from that. And so in coming back from that, it's very important. I've been very, very conscious and aware to listen to my body and especially like, you know, my heart rate, my breathing. That was the biggest thing that I noticed is that my heart rate was much higher on my, on all of my runs. So I was doing a run walk to get back into it. I still um, throw in a little bit of walking now and then sometimes like, but I'm, I'm kind of back I'm I'm feeling pretty darn good now. Um, kind of back into the, the normal routine here, but Doing a run walk is fantastic, okay? So understanding that like if you were sick, if you were injured, 
don't compare yourself now to where you were a few months ago or six months ago, a year ago, because you're a different runner now, right? Whether or not you've gone, you know, undergone an illness or an injury or just a, a significant chunk of time off, maybe you had a baby and, you know, you're coming back to running after that. All of those things play a really big role. So don't compare yourself. Don't think about what your pace used to be, you know, just accept where you are right now and then try to improve from that point. Right, which slides really nice. I think we kind of already sort of transitioned to the second point here. Beyond easy running, hard runs, medium runs should all be effort-based yeah. runs. Don't Instead of pace-based. Instead of pace-based. Don't worry about what the clock says, what your watch says, what the numbers tell you. Focus on what it feels like. If you're supposed to be running medium... Think about what medium should feel like. Mm -hmm. You want to run a little bit hard that day, it should feel hard. It shouldn't feel like you need to lay down on the side of the road, but it could feel hard. It could feel moderately hard. And know what these different efforts feel like. If you focus really on effort and stop watching the watch, then you don't have to compare yourself. You won't naturally compare yourself to where you were last year, last month, whatever the time period is. It helps them remove some of that comparison if you're not doing anything that's pace-based. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you might want to even ditch the watch completely. You know, I know that that's like sacrilege, can, you know, to some people not to run with or to run without a watch, right? Like there's a lot of like jokes out there of like if the Garmin didn't, if it doesn't, it's not on the Garmin or if it's not on Strava, did it really happen, right? Yeah, it did, right? Like that's how a lot of runners used to run without any sort of devices. They had their loop. They knew about how long it was or about how long it would take them to do it, right? And they would go out and do it. So it's actually, it can be a very freeing thing not to have your watch on. And if you do want to have it on, I would suggest suggest to just like, you know, switch it over to where it just will show you the time um, so that you're not constantly looking at like your pace or those kinds of things because it is so easy to judge ourselves. I know I do it all the time. Like if I'm running and I'm like looking at my watch and I'm like, how is this the pace I'm running? Like this feels way harder than that pace. You know, when I was kind of coming back from the illness, it's important not to judge yourself. It's important not to compare yourself and effort-based training really allows you to do this. Effort-based training really allows you to just kind of tap back into your body and how you're feeling and really focus on you and what you can control and how you feel. And that's a really powerful place to be because I think a lot of times if you've taken time off, we feel sometimes like a victim. We feel like, you know, we are at the the mercy of whatever situation there was, which you are not a victim. Like whatever happened, happened, but you have to focus on what you can control in this given situation. Yeah. Sometimes during the comeback, we feel powerless Yeah. because we're stuck. Oh, well, all of this happened. I took this time off and now I'm stuck where I am. Mm -hmm. And you're giving all of your power to whatever, you know, led to, I took some time off. Mm -hmm. And suddenly in the comeback, you feel completely powerless. Well, if you're making a comeback, you need to have as much power as you can so you can actually appropriately make that comeback pace-based 
or sorry, uh, effort-based where you are in charge of how fast that goes because you're just, you get to say what medium means is super important. I screwed this up last week and I hadn't even taken a long period of time off, but I did something dumb and I was trying to demonstrate jump squats to the kids on our team in a pair of flip-flops and I'm pretty sure wrecked my one foot. I'm pretty confident that that's that's what did it. In looking back, I'm pretty confident that's what did it. I was talking to um, one of the other teachers on staff who's, who's also a runner. She was talking about trying to get back into exercising post COVID. And I said that I was trying to get back into exercise after I was like limping around for a few days. I said, I think I jump squatted in flip flops and hurt myself. I'm pretty sure that I did that same thing a decade ago and it didn't phase me. And she laughed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I want to mention here too, is like, you know, a lot of times when people have time off and um, get back into running, they feel like they need motivation. So they sign up for a race. Yeah. Right. And they're like, okay, I'm going to start training for this race. That's going to be the reason for me to get back into it. That's going to help me get back into my consistency. And so many times this causes problems. Okay. So I really want to caution you from doing this. If you are the person that loves to race, great. However, just understand that like when you set a deadline for yourself, when if you're coming back after a time off, you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know how that training is going to go. But if you are then forcing yourself to run a certain amount of mileage so that you can be ready for this race, are you really setting yourself up for success there? Or are you going to end up just pushing yourself too hard, adding too much too soon and you know, ending up right back where you started. Right. At, at this point, if, if you, let me see if I can phrase this delicately. Gently. Yeah. <laughs> if you've already, like for those listeners who've already signed up for a race as a way to get themselves motivated and back into something, you just have to have the right frame of mind about that race. Mm-hmm. Like you can't run a race. This goes to the stop looking at the clock. If you've got this deadline of not just do I have to complete this race, but I need to complete this race as fast as I did it last year when I did it. Or I'm going to feel bad about myself. Or I'm going to feel bad about myself. But last year you had a good like four or five month buildup. And this time you've got a month and you just took the last three weeks off. That's not the same buildup. It's not going to have the same results. Sure. You could use that race as a lovely checkpoint to see where you are after a month worth of training, as long as it's a reasonable length race, you know, like maybe it's a 5k, Mm -hmm. you know, you could do that. Right. But you still have to have reasonable expectations for the outcome. And it's probably not the PR that you just set last year when you were coming off of five solid months of training. Yeah. And I also want to point out something that's kind of obvious, but a lot of times we like to ignore, you don't have to do the race, (laughs) right? Like you are fully in control. You're the one that made that decision to sign up for that race. You can also make that decision not to do the race, right? Like you can decide, okay, I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to see if that, if that was going to help me stay motivated or improve my consistency. Okay. But then when you start training and you start to actually listen to your body and check in and your body's maybe not responding the way that you had hoped that it would, or you decide, okay, well, I'm not going to do it, you know, the way where I'm going to keep pushing and just add mileage no matter how I feel. And, you know, I'm actually going to take a step back and listen to my body and honor whatever it's telling me. And if you're getting close to that race and you don't feel like you're actually adequately prepared for that, you don't have to run it. Or you could run 
part of it, depending on how the race goes. You know, like some of these races are loops. So maybe if it's like a course that has a couple loops, you decide you're just going to do one loop and then stop. You know, you don't have to do the whole thing. And some people are like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not a quitter like that, or I would never, you know, pull out or DNF a race. And it's like, okay, you can totally make that choice too. That's completely up to you. But just be prepared to you know, endure the consequences of those actions on either side. Yes. Yes. On either side, like decide what's going on, make sure that you're aware of, of the likely scenarios that will play out in that Mm -hmm. race, have reasonable expectations. Well, and that's how we take a hundred percent responsibility for the outcome, right? We take back our control and decide that we are the ones that are making all of these decisions, right? Like it's not that, that, oh, you know, that race did it, or is that training plan? Like you're still the person that chose to run all of those miles and follow that plan. If that plan wasn't right for you, you could adjust it. You know, you could try to find a different plan. You could try to find a coach to help you. There's lots of ways that you can go about things differently. It's, and all of those things are your choice. Right. So, um, a lot of that was, was judgment, taking control and things like that. One other aspect I want to mention on effort-based workouts is it avoids feeling too high or too low. You know, when you first start the comeback, there are days that don't feel good at all. Mm -hmm. Like we definitely have those, but then there's also the random days where you just feel amazing and you know, you're not in that good of shape because you know, so you took a month off and on day three, you just feel great on day four. You feel terrible. You're not that good as you felt on day three, but you're also not as bad as you felt on day four. So when you go effort-based rather than really kind of checking the clock all the time, you avoid feeling better or worse than you actually are. Because really, you're probably in the middle. So it avoids the too high of highs and too lows of lows. Yeah, for sure. So those are two of the things that you really want to think about when building, rebuilding or building your running foundation, okay? Predominantly easy running and effort-based running. Those are two huge keys. Number three is build your strength. Okay. Strength training is necessary and critical for runners, period, exclamation point, all the things, right? All of the punctuation. You need to strength train as a runner. Strength not, training. Not all the punctuation. There's no question mark there. There's no question mark. You're right. <laughs> all of the exclamatory. Sure. <laughs> punctuation. Right. But um, strength training is not optional for runners, okay? If you want to build a strong running foundation, if you want to run without injury, if you want to improve your running and feel good in the process, you have to incorporate strength training exercises. Yeah, I I was really debating on on the order of these and I I don't think that they're in any particular order. Like all three of these things are super critical. Fundamental. I was I was going to put, Are they foundational? They're foundational. <laughs> but there's not like this isn't 1A, 1B, 1C. Like these are just the three things. Like right. you well, could put and- a few dozen onto this list. I try to bring it down to 3. There's not an order. I like they're right. all important. Well, and you know, one and two really are the same basic idea. You they know, effort-based running much. and easy running, those are really the same. And those of you that have been listening to us for a while or have done any of our free trainings, you understand that we here at Real Life Runners believe in training mind, body, and skills for success, that tripod, because three-legged stools are the most stable, they right? can't wobble. 
three-legged stools never wobble. And I had to look that up when, you know, when you said that to me. And I was like, really? Is that true? You can't wobble on a tripod. That's pretty cool, right? Well, that's why cameras are stands are tripods, right? That's They're, they're the most stable on especially uneven surfaces. Yes. Anywho, um, effort-based running, easy running, strength training, that's building that body, and then, of course, the mindset. But let's talk a little bit more about body and strength right now. Yes, body and strength. So, as you pointed out, any step that you'd like to take in your running is only going to be as successful as the strength foundation that you've put into it. You want to get faster. You want to run further. You need the strength in the muscles in order to undergo that process. Sure, you need the cardio to be able to go out and run. You need your heart and lungs pumping correctly. But if you don't have the strength in your muscles, you're not increasing or improving anything along the way. You're just setting yourself back up for the next injury. Right. And you also need to train basic movement patterns. Okay. This is where we're talking about getting back to basics. Basic movement patterns to help strengthen your hips, your glutes, your back, right? Those are really important. A lot of runners, when we talk about movement, they just move poorly. Like a lot of humans move poorly. It's because of (laughs) our lifestyle. You know, we sit most of the day. And so things get tight and things get uneven and things get weak. And so when we do things like running and running is a pretty darn complicated motion. We earlier, I know we said it was pretty simple, but it really is a complicated motion. The amount of muscles that all have to fire simultaneously in order to stabilize you and then propel you forward is really amazing. And we can train that as runners. We can help to improve the way that our body moves, not just how fast it moves, not just for how long it moves, but also the quality of our movement is really a, an important foundational piece. Yeah, you you talk about how complicated it is. I, one of my favorite running training books, I think it took like 10 pages to describe how the body takes a step. Mm-hmm. A step. Yeah. And you take you know roughly three running steps per second. And it took page upon page to break down. It's like, sure, all of the muscles, but it's not just the muscles. Individual muscle fibers have to fire and slide along each other. And to get them to fire, then the neurons have to the go. actin it's, and the myosin. It's so complicated. Yeah. It spent an entire chapter explaining how to take a step. And then it went on and was like, okay, now that you've taken your first step. And it's like, yeah, running is, is pretty basic, but it does involve moving correctly. You make a really good, very broad statement of humans generally don't move correctly. They they really don't. Like some people do, but depending on what like style of work you have, what kind of lifestyle you live, you may have a relatively sedentary existence during the day just because that's what your job sets you up to. Right. You may be moving in, in ways that are not the most ideal pattern because that's what your job sets you up to do. So being able to practice functional movement patterns and strengthen the muscles that you really need to strengthen in order to go run is critical to your long-term success. Yeah. And I will add a caveat to that statement for sure, because, you know, moving correctly is relative for each individual. I will say that. Okay. Like there, it's not like there's one movement pattern that is the absolute best way to move, absolute best way to run. Like you can look at elite runners, you know, throughout history and around the world currently in our present day and age, and all of them run a little bit differently. There are some basic, basic movement patterns that they have that are the same. 
you know, a lot of that, like this is one of my favorite parts of watching like elite runners in the race, especially like in in the Olympics, is just how in sync they are. You know, when their movements get in sync with each other, it's such a beautiful thing to watch. But even so, there's slight differences, right? And those slight differences might be what's best for that runner because of his or her individual anatomy and body makeup and, you know, certain muscles that are tighter, certain muscles that are stronger. Like there's just, you know, individual differences. So when I talk about building better quality movement patterns, I mean for your body. Sure. And there are definitely some some differences along the way, slight differences in how people have arm carriage. But if you look across like the broad spectrum of like elite runners, none of them are, are running down the road with like their shoulders hunched forward. Like there's just generally good posture throughout the entire group as they go running down the street. You know, maybe some of them are carrying a little bit more tension in their neck that you're like, ooh, there's, they're carrying their shoulders too high. They're really going to fall off this pace quickly because they're just going to get all tense through their shoulders and then down their arms and that's going to hit their lower back. They've adapted to that. They've strengthened the muscles to be that. But there's still just like a general, um, you know, everything is stacked underneath them. They look like they're standing with good posture, I think right. is one of the key things of their, their movement pattern is it's rooted in solid posture. Mm-hmm, for sure. So when we talk about building strength and a stronger running body, you want to uh, you want to strengthen certain muscles to help avoid tightness in the body. Now, what do I mean by that? Most people, when they think of tightness, they think they need to stretch. When in fact, most tightness is actually a result of weakness in the body. I'm going to say that again because a lot of people don't really understand this distinction. And that's totally cool because most people won't tell you this. Most tightness in the body is actually a result of weakness somewhere in the body, like in that area, okay? So basically what happens is that your body... Your body's job is to protect itself. Your body's job is to stay stable um, and to do whatever movement you're asking it to do. So if there is a muscle in the muscular chain that's weak and not really doing its job well, what will happen is your body in that area will tighten up some of the other muscles. It might be that muscle, okay? It might be other surrounding musculature. It might be both, but it will tighten it up to try to stabilize because the weak muscle is not doing its job properly. So by so so many people and physical therapists out there and other people that um, work on runners and other athletes will tell you to stretch. Well, if you have an area of tightness, you should you should stretch it when in fact you really need to strengthen those areas because in all likelihood there is a muscle or several muscles or a whole muscle group that is weak that is causing that tightness to be there. Right. It's, uh, let's see if I can get this metaphor, like the guy walking down the beach who has to flex to make sure that he's looking as strong as possible. Okay. He's going to move with an awkward movement pattern Mm -hmm. because you can't walk normally down the beach while flexing all of your muscles. Okay. So everything is, is too tight. Like literally like you can't like, like if you're going to stand there and be like, man, look how strong my biceps are. You have to flex your biceps. Well, as you're doing that, you can't then just like easily pick up something on the table there. You don't have a normal movement pattern of your arm to do like a bicep curl. If you're flexing your bicep in order to do it, Okay. like it's just going to be this really forced motion in order to get that. 
your tightness, you're, you're overly kind of straining those muscles. So you can't move with proper movement patterns. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is why strengthening is again, so foundational and so critical for runners because you want to make sure that your body is moving correctly. You want to make sure that your body is moving smoothly and without restriction. And so much of that is strength. Okay. When you have stronger muscles, you can do movements better, right? Think about trying to, to, use Kevin's bicep example here. If you think about lifting a heavy weight or, you know, a box or something like that, if you have adequate strength and you're trying to lift a weight, you can just smoothly lift that right up. Like let's go back to bicep curls, right? Say you are, you have a 10 pound dumbbell and you just, you know that you can lift it and you just bend your elbow and, and curl that right up nice and smooth. And then you slowly let it down, right? If you then try to maybe curl a 20 pound dumbbell and you don't quite have the strength to do that properly, that is not going to be a slow and smooth motion, right? You're going to kind of like, all right, you kind of like prep for it. You kind of tighten up, right? To kind of prepare your body. You kind of stabilize the rest of your body also. And then you kind of like swing into it. A lot of people, right? Try to get momentum into it. Try to get some momentum behind it. And they kind of like, there's there's that like sticking point, right? Where you have that area of weakness and you like kind of have to like you know, try to muscle through it or use your other hand to kind of help you up. Yeah. Or like use your back and like your arch, your arch back, your back all super funny right. so that you, you're not actually overcoming it. Your biceps didn't pass that weak point. You just used gravity and changed your body position. Mm-hmm. So now you're physically past that weak right. point. So there's an example right there of how the weakness in that muscle, like you're putting a load on the muscle that that muscle is not able to take on because that muscle is too weak. So then other muscles start tightening and trying to kick in to help you, which then changes the movement pattern. And the same thing happens with you as a runner with just a lot more muscles, right? If you don't have enough strength in your glutes to stabilize your pelvis as you're running, then your hamstrings will help to, you know, will kick in to try to help. Your hip flexors will kick in to try to help stabilize the spine. Like all these muscles are kicking in to do jobs that they're not supposed to be doing, which leads to faulty movement patterns, which lead to injury, which lead to overuse use of certain muscles that are doing jobs that they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's that's a lot that we covered in there on running skills. We did, you know, your your running body and your skills and there's always your mind which is super important. If you were mentally fried and that's why you had to take a break in the first place, after you're back into it for a few days, check back in with your mind and see if it has in fact naturally reconnected to that bigger picture that gets you out there day upon day. It's not that you're fired up and you have suddenly this super high level of motivation, but you're connected to your deeper, why are you doing this day upon day? You're no longer mentally frazzled and you you just know, oh, it's another day, I'm going to do whatever this physical activity is for my body, for my health. Right, because it's who you are. It's who you've chosen to be. And I think that's the really important thing. People think that they need motivation when in reality they just need to take a a look at their why and why they've chosen to be a runner. Like, do you want to be a runner? There are lots of ways to get in shape. There are lots of ways to be fit and healthy. You don't have to run, okay? And there are people out there that will tell you that running is not the best way for you to get fit and healthy and strong, okay? But 
if you have chosen running as your sport of choice, if you have chosen to be a runner and you have identified that way, then take that on, right? Take the responsibility for that and choose, make those choices that runners make, which are to go out and run, to strength train, to run easy, to honor your body, to listen to your body, to not just go out and push hard all day, every day and burn yourself out and get yourself injured and sick again, right? Decide to take a step back and see that bigger picture and reconnect with that. And when you understand your deeper why and the bigger picture that, you know, of why you're doing all of this, it's going to make these little breaks just not that important, right? Like just like little stepping stones along the way. It's not something that's going to completely derail everything. It's just like, okay, I took some time off. No big deal. Now I'm going to get back into it. Right. You're still in your running journey. The running journey is not a linear progression. Man, it would be so nice if it was. You just progressed from point A to point B, point mm-hmm. you know Z, and it just was this perfectly straight, smooth path. Is anything in life? No. A straight linear progression? Wouldn't it be so smooth and easy to coach if it was just this perfect linear progression? Oh, easier to coach, yes, for <laughs> sure, right? But as runners, would we be as interested in it? No, no. Right? I mean, that's the same. It's the, it's. I go a little math on this one. Straight lines are really easy to teach, but mm-hmm. curves are much more interesting to learn about. But I think that's, that's a great metaphor too. But I also think it's interesting because... I always say that running is one of those things that you get in what you get out what you put in. Like overall, if you train correctly, you will be able to make continuous progress, right? Like you said, it's not always linear, which means like there are highs and lows and ups and downs along the way for sure, but if you're putting in the effort and if you're training in a way that's right for you and your body, training by effort, listening to your body, you know, supporting your body with recovery and nutrition and all the other things that you need, you will continue to make progress. And I think that's a really rewarding thing that keeps a lot of runner, you know, that draws a lot of people in and, and keeps us here. Well, yeah, because every once in a while you get that breakthrough. Yeah. It's not that it happens all the time, but it's, if it's ever happened, then you sense that it could conceivably mm-hmm. happen again. Yeah. You know, the overnight success, how did it happen? Well, just a little bit by little bit, and then all of a sudden everything. Yeah. Like, it just, it happens all of a sudden, and you and another person could be on the same plan, and they start progressing quicker, but then suddenly you come back and you're better than them, and then they come back and they're better than you. Nothing's a smooth process. There's constant plateaus, and then there's always periodic steps in the backwards direction. Sometimes you have to take some time off, but sometimes you have to take time off so that you can take the next bigger, stronger step forward, Mm -hmm. because you have to make sure that you're there mentally and physically in both places. And that's really where this whole podcast started is make sure that you're mentally prepared for the next physical step that you're taking. Yeah. So go back to basics, build that foundation with your strength, your easy effort-based running and your mindset. Really think about running, start thinking about running and your running journey a little bit differently. Like you don't have to prove anything to yourself or anyone else. This is just one more step along your journey. All right, guys, so like I said before, stay tuned for our five-day running challenge coming out at the end of the month. Head over to Instagram, follow us at Real Life Runners. We've got a lot of great content planned for you over there. And as always, 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for spending this time with us today. And thank you for sharing this episode and any episode with a friend so that we can help other runners learn how to train in a way that supports them along their own individual running journeys. So thanks for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 217. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, You need something that fits in your real life that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.